Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, rocking girls with a hope for times long gone, old friends who are not as they were, references to awesome bands like Deep Purple, rage-inducing examples of bullying, the cost of nostalgia, and saudade. Note that this episode also contains discussion about depression, and if you or someone you know suffers from depression or suicidal urges, remember that you can find help at the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Remember that all of us can help prevent suicide. The Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you and your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Remember that number again is 1-800-273-8255. Remember that we can all help prevent suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Monger Review, Episode 353. Golden Sheep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review. Some podcasts and reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonchoro, and what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode of this wonderful podcast where we talk about Japanese comic books. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, Pretty much every podcast we talk about different things depending on what you're listening to. Since this is the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga or Japanese comics. And we try to tell you the best things about the products we're reviewing. We tell you the pros and cons about it, how the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be educational, insightful, enlightening, and most importantly, entertaining. If you want to listen to the other 352 episodes of our manga review or our movie review or game reviews, you can find them at www.spiraken.com, spiraken.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N, and I guarantee you'll find us. Also, if you want to do something kind of cool, go to tinyurl.com forward slash helpzan, H-E-L-P-X-A-N, and you can leave a comment and a rating for us at the Apple Podcasts site. And that's kind of just like putting a tip in the tip jar. It gives me a little more hope to keep doing this podcast. We've been doing it since 2008, and I want to keep doing it, but sometimes I get a little down. And when I see these reviews, they perk me up a little bit, so a little addicted to that. Either way. So, hope you guys have been doing well. Things have been pretty good on our end. We are prepping for some of the new cons coming out. I just submitted stuff for Anime Next. And also, I'm debating about reapplying for Otakon after last year where I was unable to make it due to some personal issues. But you know what? You guys want me there? Let me know. I'll try to be there. Email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, Spirekin.com. Let me know what you guys think. Should I go for Otakon or not? Uh, we also released a couple of new podcasts. We have our Decade in Review, Parts 1 and 2, that were released this weekend. Also, the first of our Year of Bond, because we're trying to get all the Bond films out before the new Bond film, Time to Die. Check that out. We started off at the beginning with Dr. No, not the 1961 Casino Royale, which actually does exist, just it's impossible to find, and I can't stand the actor. So we're starting with the official Eon presentation. That also means we're not going to cover Casino Royale, the one with Peter Sellers, or Never Say Never Again. But again, I digress. I'm getting into geeky Bond territory, and that's for the Bond podcast. We're here to talk about manga, Japanese comics. And like most things... Let's get to some of the news, specifically the latest releases for the week, because every week we talk about the new releases, and 
since they come out on Tuesdays and we release on Wednesdays, it kind of works out. So as of yesterday, January 28th, 2020, we had 12 new releases and they're various titles. Uh, some are really good, some are okay. I'm excited for two of them and the rest I'm kind of melancholy about, but let's see what we've got. The first thing we've got is a certain scientific accelerator, volume 10, the manga. APOSIMZ Volume 4 was released. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I think it's Aposims, but I don't want to try to figure it out. Uh, you have Cardcaptor Sakura, the Collector's Edition Volume 3. That's the awesome omnibus that looks really cool. Definitely, if you have not picked up Cardcaptor Sakura, pick it up. There's Living Room Matsunagi-san Volume 1. I'm intrigued by this one because I have no idea what it's about. You have My Monster Secret Volume 19. That's one I'm surprised is up to volume 19 because it just seems like a really bad Rosario plus Vampire clone. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You have Saki the Succumbus Hungers Tonight, volume 1. You have SCP Foundation, Iris Through the Looking Glass, the light novel, volume 1. The Dungeon of Black Company, volume 4. The Quintessential Quintuplets, volume 7. Toradora, the light novel, volume 9. Yokai Girls Volume 9, and finally, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs Volume 8. So, as you can guess, the first one was Living Room Matsunagi-san, and the second one, the one I'm very excited for because I'm becoming addicted to it, is the Quintessential Quintuplets. Even though we now know where they are, I'm excited to see what happens with them, because it's fun, because they're the Quints, you know? The Quints have been a lot of fun, and the manga is a little more interesting than the anime, just a bit. But that's how I, I roll. I love manga more than anime. But like some other podcasts say, and I'm going to start saying it, this is a dialogue between you and me. So I want to know what you guys are interested in. What manga and anime series do you guys like? Do you, What are you looking forward to picking up? Do you want to pick up a certain Scientific Accelerator Volume 10 or the Dungeon of Black Company Volume 4? Let me know at Spirekin.com on Twitter or on Instagram at Spirekin. Put a post down. Let me know as a comment what you guys are interested in what you think is the series that you are most excited to pick up, or which one you want to avoid like the plague. Let me know. And now, usually we go right to the review, but we actually have some very important manga news. So if you've been a long-time listener, you know that we here at Spirekin are huge fans of Vertical Inc., which was a New York-based Japanese manga and prose house that published some of the more intriguing and unique manga that had been released in the last couple of years. We're talking about the Osama Tezuka line like Blackjack. We're talking about unique one-off series like The God's Lie or, dare I say, Mandela and Velveteen. And we also had some just very diverse choices over the time, including Cheese Sweet Home. This was the bad boy company that was releasing more Senin and Jose stuff. And I gotta admit, they had a great quality of series. However, around 2011, Vertical got picked up by Kodansha. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kodansha Comics, which is a subsidiary of Kodansha USA, and this is the company that brings you such things as Sailor Moon, Sailor V, Attack on Titan, Fairy Tale, and a couple of rescues like Battle Angel Alita, Akira, and uh, I think Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. So, these guys picked up Vertical in 2011. They started acquiring some of their stuff while keeping verticals their like more adult line at this point. Also, fun fact, a lot of the backlog from Tokyo Pop went to Kodansha, which now it's going to be interesting now that Tokyo Pop apparently is rearing its ugly head again. But I digress. So 
they've been working with them as kind of like two-parters, but as we've noticed over time, Kodansha booth has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and Vertical's booth got smaller and smaller and smaller until eventually it was like one little corner of their booth. Well, since their restructuring, Kodansha USA has changed a little bit. They have named the former general manager of Kodansha Advanced Media as the new CEO of Kodansha USA Publishing. Also, Vertical Inc. and Kodansha Advanced Media are now being consolidated into Kodansha USA. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that Vertical Inc. and Kodansha Advanced Media are bye-bye. They're now all officially under Kodansha. So, if you're looking for drops of God, you're going to have to go to Kodansha. Now, is this a good thing? Well, it means that there's another mega conglomerate manga publisher out there to rival Viz. But also... It means that I think the quality is going to go down on a lot of stuff. I like Kodansha, don't get me wrong. There are some very cool and amazing series that were released by Kodansha that I've really enjoyed over time. Mushishi and Parasite and Peach Girl, just to name a couple of them. However, I just think that this is going to dilute the market a little bit. However, with the loss of Vertical, though, we do have the reemergence or emergence of Denpa. It's coming up from the ashes of Vertical and from Faku. So we'll see if Denpa will fill that gap of those unique Senen series. We're going to have to wait and see. So what are your guys' thoughts? Let me know, zanspirekin.com, or leave comments in the comment below on what you think is going to happen with this new position that Kodansha is in now that they become a essentially a conglomerate of monopoly in the manga world. Let me know. And if you like me talking about manga news, besides just manga releases, and you want this a part of the podcast, leave comments in the show notes or on Twitter at Spirekin under this post for this episode. Let me know if you guys think I should start including news into the podcast, talk more about manga stuff. Let me know, because that might make me more credible and gives me more to do. But let's get on with it shall we because the part that a lot of you enjoy because you like my silky voice we're talking about the review of the podcast because if you remember from last episode i spun that one that only the wheel of manga and it dictated that reviewing a manga that was written by ozaki kauri this is the same mangaka who wrote the god's lie a story about two children from single parent households who have to deal with loss poor expectations and life in general half romance half drama i gotta say it was a series which i was not really excited for but vertical released it and i read it and i enjoyed it and loved it and i wanted to read more by this manga because so i'm happy that we have a new series but does this manga hold up to the god's lie well as you can guess this was published by kodansha and vertical this new manga it was written in 2007 with three volumes it is a senin romantic drama series that focuses on nostalgia, melodrama, and the complicated nature of friendship and family. And the name of this manga is Rin no Hitsuji, or as we've got it, The Golden Sheep. So to break down the premise easily, simple. A young teenager returns to her childhood town after some complications in her life occurs, and she's expecting things to have stayed the same in the last six years. However, things are not as they expected, and it's the adage of sometimes you can't go home again, and the past is the past, and you can't relive it. You have to learn from it and move forward. And I've got to say, this opens up with one of the most dramatic scenes I've ever seen, because it is in medias res. 
And it is, just to break it down, a young man goes into a store to buy some charcoal briquettes. He ends up taking the charcoal briquettes, goes to an abandoned car, seals the window, and proceeds to light the charcoal briquettes and tries to suffocate himself and sends a text message saying, I'm sorry, Granny. And as he's waiting there to die, someone starts banging on the window and then a guitar smashes through the front. And the girl who smashed the front and who's crying is our main character, Sugu. Now, Sugu is a young girl who, six years prior to this series beginning, moved away from town to Osaka with her mom, dad, and her sister. And as she left, three friends were there. Her best friends left a note saying, We love you. We'll stay in touch. We won't change no matter what. And her three friends who she talked to was Yushin, the not leader of the group, but he's the most charismatic. He was the class representative. He's super polite. A kid who's willing to go into a sewer to help a puppy that had been hurt. You know, there's a lost puppy. He ends up adopting and helping it out, but he has nowhere to give it. And this goes to our second friend, who is a character who is not positive, but he's trying the best, and that's Sora. Sora Otomo. He is wants to be a mangaka. He wants to draw manga. He's very nice, sweet. He's just a little timid. And then last and not least, you have Asari, who they call Sally. That is Sugu's best friend. The girl that she is like, you know, her BFF. The person she wants to be with and be cool with and all will be well with. And also, fun fact, Asari likes Yushin. Has a little crush. And she misses Sugu and says, Sugu, listen, I got a crush on Yushin. That cool? And Sugu's like, sure, no problem. No problem. I'll, I'll never forget that. So now it's been six years. And Sugu is returning to her hometown with her mom, her sister, and her sister's two children, Ran and Ten. According to mom, dad is now with the stars. Whatever that means. And they went from living in a nice house in Osaka to a little apartment. However, as things have changed and things are a little more stressed out, Sugu is optimistic because... She's going to see her friends, and she's super excited to see them. And she actually sends them a message saying, Listen, I'm back in town. Let's meet our old meetup spot. Now, their old meetup spot was a statue of a golden sheep, hence the title. And underneath it, they buried a time capsule. Now, seven years after time capsule is buried, if you dig it up, your wish will come true. So it's been six years, not seven. And she's waiting there, and as they get there, Asari shows up, gives her a huge hug, and then Yusin and Sora show up. And they're all being cool. And she's so happy, so excited. Like, oh my god, you guys are great. How are things going? And they notice she's changed. They said, hey, you have an Osaka accent now. And whoa, your tits got big. Things are good. And Asari's noticing that. Sugu has a earring. And uh, they catch up on what's going on in life. They're in the same school. Things are looking up. Yushin is no longer a student representative. He's kind of slipped in grades. But he's still being really polite to everybody. Asari's like excited to introduce her to the rest of the class. And Sora's listening in a little quiet, but he's a little happy to see her. And as time goes on from this point, we discover the truth, that things are not as what they seem. Because Sugu goes home, she's like, oh my god, my friends are the same, everything is wonderful. But that's not the case. In reality, Asari has become a queen bee of the school. She's someone who wants to be the most popular, wants to be the best. And because she saw Sugu had an, an ear piercing, she ends up trying to pierce her own ear to look just as cool as she does. And when things don't go her way, she ends up doing horrible things to Sugu because of a misunderstanding. Sora and Yushin, they were the best of friends, and now it's a very different relationship. Yushin is Sora's abusive bully. And 
I don't mean abusive like, oh, he punched him a couple times. No, it's physical and mental torment. Uh, throwing him to a river and says, you have to cross the river and come back in order to get your bag or we're going to destroy it. Or kidnapping his dog and saying, you have to jump off this bridge and if you do, we'll let your dog go because we don't want you around anymore. Things are not good with them, but they're kind of hiding it at first to Sugu until she realizes things are not what they seem. She discovers it when Asari being jealous of Sugu because she thinks that Sugu's after Yushin ends up having the entire classroom girls exclude her so they don't want to talk to her. Also, Sora doesn't show up in school. They end up going there and she finds out that Sora skipped school. He's not doing well. He's a little beat up. And eventually, Sugu finds out the truth and it's not happy. It's not good. One of the things you see in this is you see how Sora takes so much abuse and messed up situations from Yushin and this just leads to a point where he breaks and this leads to the opening of the manga which is as we said he ends up trying to kill himself and he's rescued by Sugu but that's only part way into the story from here it leads to somewhere rather interesting so after saving Sora and discovering what happened between him and Yushin which is very tragic it's a situation of just sometimes you have to be strong enough to stand up against other kids to follow your principles and if you're too weak it could lead to repercussions and destructions of friendship and Sugu decides to run away with Sora to where her dad is her dad isn't dead her dad is a musician who lives in the city so they run off to the city and they're gonna look for a new life there and from here we don't know what's gonna happen it's the first part of the three volumes and we have to see what's gonna go on will Sugu find happiness and realize she doesn't need to obsess about the past to find happiness. Will Sora become confident enough where he can just be confident and happy with himself and not be bullied by Yushin? And will Yushin get his head out of his ass and stop being such a little prick? Because he's he's a horrible f- person. He was started out as, you see him in the past, he was amazing and good. And his core is still good. It's just that he's become so bitter because of everything that's going on in his life. Hopefully he does get out of this rut. And Asari, well, she has glimmers of hope where she was normal and she was, like, realizing she screwed up, but she let her own personal bias push her away from where she needs to be. And hopefully she comes back. This manga is about teens. They're no longer children, but they're not adults yet. And they're trying to get to that point. And they have to learn how to get there. And it's intriguing to see them get to that point. Now, I'm not going to go too far and too spoiler into this, because this is actually the second time I recorded this. The first time I went into the entire story to explain all the little things about what had gone on. However, it's a story that you should read and check out. It's engaging, it's a little sad, but there's a lot of hope in it. And at the end of the first volume, you find out that Sugu and Sora are going to live above a croquette shop and end up working there for a little bit of time. The next volume is them working at this croquette shop and them finding purpose in making croquettes. And this leads to some optimistic things going on with them. The optimism with Yushin and Asari, well, we're going to have to wait and see where it goes. However, the story is amazing in my opinion. It's well done in its original. The character design work is on point, Kaori Ozaki does an amazing job with her characters. They're all unique, different, and there's some great scenes in there. There's one scene in particular that I really do enjoy that involves 
Sugu on top of a hill playing her electric guitar in her earphones and just imagining everything. And then she's like realizing that the whole town is like almost in a bubble and she wants to destroy it. And she goes, Kamehameha! Nothing happens. And then Sora shows up, they end up talking. And this is a really well done exchange. And it just, it looks realistic, it looks heartwarming, and it fits the series. Now, the opening sequence where Sora tries to kill himself, as I slightly spoiled earlier, is a depressing scene. It's. When you see what he goes through, you kind of understand how he goes pushed to this point. However, that doesn't excuse the fact that he was going to end it all and do a final exit because of where he was at. It doesn't excuse that. And it's good that he was rescued by Sugu, and it just gives a little bit of just, I don't know. It's hard to explain, especially with that topic in itself. It's just one of those, sometimes you feel like you can't do something, in it, but there's always help. There's always someone who's willing to be there for you. You just have to find them. And no matter what, suicide is not the answer. It's an option, but it's a, it's the worst option possible. One that you shouldn't even think of. There's always someone to talk to you. Someone, even if it's a stranger online, just message someone if you need to see what happens. Anyway, I'm getting depressing and just what the hell. Uh, so yeah, art style, amazing. I think, as I said, the best scenes that. Each of the characters are multifaceted with multiple points about them. They're not just one type. It's not just, okay, Asari's the dumb slut. No, she is a friend who just gets jealous and she became popular over time. Yushin is not just this big bully. There are elements of his former self. And at one point he even says, don't forget the old me. Because his old me is still in there. It's still part of his genetic nature. And then Sugu is not just the heroine. She's also a daughter a sister an aunt she takes care of kids she's a friend and sora is also a devoted and loving grandson he's also a pet owner all these characters are interesting you want to know more about them i'd love to see some side plots of some of the other characters later on almost like a sequel series but have to wait and see so with that in mind let's get to my review itself so after thinking about it and looking at this so far for this first volume, I'm going to have to give it our highest rating of really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your eyes will swap, your brain will freeze, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. <laughs> it's a really well done series. It's something different. It's not the Shonen Power Jump series. It's not Isekai. It's not a rinse repeat series. It's not a dumb romance and there are some really good romances it's not a harem series it's not a dumb comedy it's something unique and it makes you want to read more it's just it's a little tough to get through but i'm pretty sure the ride is worth it and i'm excited to see where it goes if you agree with me let me know or if you disagree with me if you've read this and you thought it was garbage let me know zanspiker.com or leave comments in the show notes i will come back and when I read the third volume, I'll let you know what I think about this series overall, and if it was as good as it was, or if it was terrible. I'll let you know. So, with that in mind, I think that's it. Uh, we talked about the manga. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spiker.com. You can email me personally at zadspiker.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. I've been posting a lot of really cool recommendations and showing some really cool images from some of the mangas we reviewed over time. A lot of people have really enjoyed the Battle Angel Alita post and they've been going crazy over the Wadakoi 
and the Battle Angel Alata posts. Also, a lot of love for the Galician post because, hey, showing a dude doing a 100-man suplex is pretty badass and awesome. Follow us on Instagram at Spirekin. Definitely. And follow us on Twitter. We've been posting some really cool things. I've been asking some really weird questions that may pertain to a secret project that I've alluded to for the last month. And I'm going to finally reveal it on the 15th of February. And you will know what is going on with the secret project. But now that I've done being all cryptic and weird, let's get to the part that a lot of you, most of you love doing. And when I play some of you online on various multiplayer games, you want me to say this. But it's that part that all of us have been waiting for. The part that is so great and awesome. I love doing it. And that's it's time for that one, that only, the... Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel. Whatever number it lands on, I've assigned a manga to each number. And that number is going to be the manga we review in the next episode, episode 354. And I'm intrigued because we've got some great titles. We've got a couple of vertical titles. And we've got some ones which are from Kodansha, some from Viz, and even we got a Tokyo Pop on here. Because Tokyo Pop is back. Stu Levy has risen from the grave as an evil zombie. But I digress. So let's spin and see what we're going to review the next episode, shall we? Number five. Cool. Wait, whoa. Okay. So, uh, apparently the next manga we're going to review is a J-Novel Club manga. Not a light novel, a manga. And it's actually released as an actual manga, unlike what they did with, dare I say, Ascension of a Book Club. When they finally release Ascension of a Book Club as a manga, I will stop bitching about it. But until then, it's only an ebook. I am going to bitch as much as possible. But this is not that. This is something which is actually a physical manga. And it's one about the insides and outs of becoming a animator in the anime industry. It's going to go over all the cool parts. Uh, what manga am I talking about? I'm talking about Animate. So I'll let you guys know how it is in the next episode, next week, our 1st of February 2020. And um, so I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening to this podcast and keeping me going all these years. I'm going to keep going, going to keep pushing. The next convention I'm going to be at is Anime Boston. I'm pretty sure I got to prove for it. We're going to find out where it goes. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I've been your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep reading manga. See ya.